Last time on Lawful Stupid, we did like a Sim City build your own item, learn about the world episode. It was yeah, definitely <laughs> some sweet lore. Downtime well spent. Got some sweet lore about the uh, the pantheon of Goron and some of the gods that are homebrewed by Dwayne, which, by the way, awesome work, Dwayne. Very mm-hmm, proud mm-hmm. of you. Um, good world building. And then outside of world building, we did some actual physical building and we did, we built a gun. We made a gun. Yeah. I mean, kind of. Well, it's a spell focus in the shape of a gun, but like. Same. This is the easily the best use of downtime we've I mean, ever used in it. I'm sure I made yard uh... proud. I built a forge that we built said flintlock gun into. It's pretty good. And we worked as the a same team. one time in one of my campaigns. You used downtime to get married. That's true. That was that was magical. <laughs> and I retract my statement only. But now he looks way more like a pirate, so it's like yeah, now good I'm point, even more pirate. Point. I yeah. can show off to the pirates. Like, hey pirates, okay. look what I got. Made it, thanks. <laughs> but yeah, maybe that's maybe, what maybe was... the pirates will want some and we can just quit our adventuring life and we'll settle down and we'll make yep, these for, for pirates. Oh, I kinda can't do that. <laughs> I have to make a story or Wynn will probably tear my soul apart or something. <laughs> it's a good story. Story about the greatest, about, about Sir Smith and Sir Wesson. <laughs> we all change our names. I am Sir And. <laughs> nice. Right, so you guys spent your, your combination of days talking about the gods and the lore and building this arcane focus in the shape of a flintlock pistol. And I think you've obviously tested this out at some point during the downtime and you're able to cast basic spells through it. And really all your spells, right? But you only notice like the enhancements on your Eldritch Blasts and your cantrips. Well, paint me a picture. I waited a whole, like, between last episode okay. and now. To, like, so to be clear. People waited a week. So to be clear, what his uh, arcane focus gives him is plus one on spell attacks, right? Like, and that's all spell attacks. He just doesn't happen to have a whole lot of those, actually. Um, so you build this gun, and I think, I think when you guys finish building the flintlock, and it cools, and you, it's late. The, the forge is still in embers, and you guys build a fire and kind of like have a have like a moment to yourselves, right? You've Ooh, been nice. fighting monsters. You've been ignoring children abductions. You've been interacting with pirates, and you've had your own emotional tolls taken on you. And I think you guys just spend the night like telling old stories and laughing. And I'm, waiting I'm, for it. I'm gonna lean over to Atlas. Atlas, do you um, you happen to have a good blade? Uh, I have several that I could probably procure for you if you need. Um, what for? I just need I just need to borrow one. Yeah, sure. And I, like a uh, I imagine I have one tucked into uh, a boot or something. Yeah, you have knives. And I'll, I'll hand him one. I take the knife and I. Very, very carefully, very delicately, cut the sleeves off of my coat. So now I have a sick ass vest. And I take mm. off. I take off. As you guys may or may not remember, during episode seven, Tinker Hell, I found a robe of the Arcanist 
It is yep. blue and has stars on it. And I've been wearing yes. it the entire time and no one's brought it up. <laughs> and it has not benefited me at all. So I'm going to take that off. I'm going to fold it up neatly. Um, I'm going to stow it in my bag along with these sleeves. I'm going to hold on to those. Um, but now just vest, fur collar, silver scales displayed fingers and hands, almost claw-like in a way. Kind of got some, some claw fingers um, and just silver scales uh, nice tight body, not super mm. muscular, kind of lithe. Like a swimmer's uh, body. Like a swimmer's body. Very yeah. smooth silver scales. Um, and that's coming up to the neck, about halfway up the neck, the silver scales stop, which was had been covered by my collar previously. And just know that. Hmm. So you, you're, you're telling stories and... <laughs> Doing that thing. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I'm, what do you want me to do? Like, unless they want to interact with that, I'm going to continue with the narrative. I God, I want to. I just don't know how. I, I picture control other yourself, than, boys. Other than maybe some obvious eyeing up and down and a. Mm. I picture Atlas like hands on the hip, like he Who just knew? he just like he thinks he's like a hairdresser slash like stylist now. He starts cutting up your stuff everywhere. So like, mm, mm, this looks real good. Mm-hmm. And new class. So. uh yeah, you you guys watch as he like destroys his his his, <laughs> his traveling cloak. I mean, in your eyes, Atlas, right? Because like you're a, a maker of things, right? And he's like disassembling. Um, so you guys tell stories, right? Like you tell stories of silence, like the good ones of maybe your dad or like folks folk tales or maybe songs or whatever. And you like especially being around pirates, like you're more reminded of pirate songs and pirate tales and like the times you got like super smashed and only remember bits and pieces of the story but don't worry you had to be there <laughs> right like and then atlas is like telling stories from battle school and you guys are just like i if your characters don't do this that's fine i just imagine this is like the first time in a long time you guys have had a chance to like bro it up let loose yeah I, I, and i just just for for reference, Kristoff uh, at least is gonna share pretty much all the things that have kind of gone unspoken. So like we haven't really had, so we've known each other for like a month, two months now. But like we haven't really had a lot of time to sit down and unwind like this. So like the vision that Wynn showed me in the chess game, and then like you know the the, the stuff from the lost episode, and then like all the all the little things and all the lore uh, that's been kind of out there. Um, this is the the form in which that would come to so, so Christoph like trust them enough to like share yeah, all yeah, this. Yeah, I, okay. just, just like, I feel like he's trusted them enough for a while, except for the, you know the falling out that he had with Atlas. Um, but uh, just didn't have the chance to the the, mo- the moment to breathe to sit down and actually talk about it, and and especially with his most harrowing experience and the kind of our one shots and kind of that whole situation and kind of how that's turned his world upside down to really talk about and then talk about Wendy and you know way that he you know he he feels like uh the architect's guild and all these different all the things all the things is this is the moment to to yeah. voice that to actually voice so that it is for submitted that they have that knowledge as well uh I want to say I think Alaria I, I don't know how often she comes out of her sword but I feel like she's coming out more and more of her from her sword uh if able as if she's almost like when we're hanging out she's there too like, I, I think that especially with bonding, um, you have the ability to um, like summon her, and you Atlas do not know this, but she like 
previously has not been able to respond to everything, right? Like, because she's fighting a curse. Like, she is magically bound. Um, but she is able to, like, respond more, more coherently and less of this vengeful spirit style. And I, I think absolutely, as, like, you guys are telling stories, you're, like, maybe you're telling a story, like, you're telling, like, oh, yeah. And so then I see this, and I'm into the woods, and the boys see it before you do because you're like telling a story and she's sitting you know in the open spot next to the fire like the translucent image of her yeah just real discreet arcana check yeah yeah go ahead just a yeah. real discreet arcana check yeah go ahead that's gonna be uh 18 it's a laria i know it's a laria but like i there's obviously a change that's going on with the spirit that's bound to the sword and the magical forces that connect her to our world and also with you and I'd like to perceive that if possible. So you, um, this is the first time you've really like examined the blade since having like an arcane torrent proficiency. Mm -hmm. You see um, Alaria's form almost projected off the blade. Think of how like a projector sprays yeah. light out, right? Yeah. It's kind of mm -hmm. like that. And, and that's, you're like, oh, that's very normal. That I, that makes sense. But it makes you doubt some things about maybe ghosts or translucency, whatever, like, because it's just all Arcantor energy. And the closer it gets to the sword, you see that that energy is going from its natural pure blue that like almost arctic blue that I can, or ocean blue that, that kind of changes and I describe when you deal with the arcane torrent it starts darkening and darkening and then you can see the energy around the sword itself is this deep almost necrotic purple mm. but as it like stretches out it becomes more arcane torrent and as, as you see her she's to them, she's translucent, but to her, you can see this hue of blue. You can see the arcane torrent energy. Most concerning to you, Kristoff, is you see the link from the purple sword to Atlas. Like you can see that that like is kind of like flowing over him. That purple energy. Mm. Hmm. That I will keep to myself. Mm. I just want to know. For me, listening to this episode in the future, canonically, was there a reverse ghost moment when you were building the forge out of clay? Uh, yeah, like the thing. Maybe there's a little little thing going on there to, underneath the waterfall. Like she's Patrick Swayze. Oh, good. I just want that. I just want that to be canon. Yeah. So uh, she like he's like telling the story about you know the snow and seeing. Um, uh, you know all of her memories and dealing with the the mechanical construct that he saw that seemed to be sentient and and Kenra Ironclaw itself and and you guys kind of just notice her appear and she's listening and and yeah. acting normal. I hate to be that guy, but when he tells the story, are these warforged? Can I roll for that? Oh uh, yeah, you can roll. I mean, you can what roll. am I rolling? Uh, it would be history, Jeff. I mean, you're guessing yeah. from what you can tell. Yep, that is going to be... 16 plus 3, 19. So you, you know that people have made, like, arcane golems and other type of, like, magical constructs. What he's describing 
You don't really know. Okay. You, it doesn't sound familiar to you. Um, now, out of character, it is not Warforged. Okay. It's, it, that's not who they are. Warforged do exist in this world. They're just not like common. Um, it's not a common race, right? Got it. Um, but this doesn't sound like that. But it that. is different than that. It is different yeah. than that. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's something totally just fucking straight up spoilers. It's totally homebrew. Okay. Um, I mean, I do kind of like that. Like, there's multiple organic life forms. There could be multiple mechanical, more metal. I don't know. I like that. Yeah. Right. Well, it's just just like you saw the constructs at uh, the Tinkerers Tinkerers Hell. Like, they're closer to that than they are Warforged. Right. They're close while they're sentient. It's it's very much a more rudimentary style like if you if you listen to episodes like talking about glass for eyes and like if you yeah. know if you've seen like the fan the custom art or the concept art for warforged they're definitely more like put together yeah kind of um so yeah i think alaria um it you know is listening and i think maybe she tells a story of her past yeah. um like a, a story of her and her dad of what she can remember of him when she's like a, a small girl playing in a field and, and she's like that explains that that's one of the stories that helps her keep going right like uh, that and her bond with Atlas and stuff like that oh, I definitely smile at the the thought of a ghost story as I'm trying to memorize this yeah oh I got the best ghost story is it scary? no no no. it's a, no, it's a, it, it's a story that a ghost told me yeah. And I think I would definitely tell him like exactly step for step what, what happened with Wen. Okay. So you, you guys you describe meeting Wen and his giant stature and shrinking and, and the what he showed you and his his displeasure of you like not taking care of his artifact and that him like still trying to like set you on this path of telling a good story. Do you tell them about your actual bond? Oh, I got everything. Complete honesty with him, packed and everything. Okay, so he he unloads that, like, at some point, Wynn is coming, he's coming to collect. And Rowan has essentially agreed to do what he believes Wynn would want. I mean, I, I know that doesn't sit super well for Kristoff last time he was given, like, a straight up do this or don't. Uh, so, like... There's... That could be problematic for the future. However, there's a difference between indenturement and a good deal. And considering how he froze those beasts in the cave, I'd say that was a pretty good fucking deal. It's the on- it was the only out I saw at the time. I don't I don't know if it was the good choice. Just the choice I made. We'll deal with the consequences together. And we're able to do that because you made that deal. Yes. For that, I think. Much obliged. Exactly. And I, I think it's only fair to share it with you since since he showed us together. I, I I feel like we we work better as a team. And that this might end up being something we face together. And I want you to know if you hang around that that could be something in our future. But he if it's in our... Sto- if he wants a story, it'll be our story. And I don't assign my name to C-plus fucking content. Exactly. 
and so after these conversations, the the gun has cooled. So you you walk over and you pick Oof. it up, and it feels it feels right. It feels Oof. like the perfect weight. And I think I think you pick it up and you raise it chest level, as as you saw because you're you guys aren't familiar with guns per se. It's not like common, right? Like you just. You have seen them. Ominous. You have seen them, and you have certainly seen the Reclaimer use it, and so you raise it chest level. Oh, hold, hold on, um, if I may. Atlas, give me a hand with something for a moment. And I, t- and I turn with Atlas, and we go over to where the creek is, and we're kind of crouched down for a second, and we've made a crude together with our powers. Yes. We've made a crude doll in the likeness of the reclaimer out of this, okay, this, yeah, this uh, <laughs> and I, at, at, Atlas if you want to do the honors oh I would, I would love to pull and I just toss it straight up I reach and, so and fire you aim and uh, go ahead and roll a performance check I'd rather do that then oh a performance um, check yeah this is like it's not really about anything other than like being sportsman Oh, dog. I know what bards are good at. That's a 25. So, almost out of instinct, you swing your hand up, but you don't really know what you're doing. You're used to, like, using your hands, and it goes further and further until it just clicks, and you kind of look at the boys and just pull. (laughs) And it explodes. These two elves splash, like, fire out and twirl and smash this thing apart and you bring it back down and you you can just Kristoff more than anybody else but you can see the tendrils of magic like coming out of the barrel and like you, gun smoke yeah and you you I can't stress enough that while it feels so right it definitely feels very different because you're normally using your fingers and your hands to like meld this spell and now you're just kind of willing it into existence through this focus and this style of focuses that you you normally focus through an instrument. I want to I want to try where I I pull the trigger with my middle finger and use my index finger along the barrel to get like a little of that finger action and feel more natural. You hold it that way. There's no trigger on this, but you hold it that way. Well, there's, there's like an air quoting trigger. Well, there's there's somewhere for you to like slide your fingers in there for grip for sure. I'm just saying like, to be clear. So yeah, you do that and it you feel the balance almost kind of like restore itself because you're not trying to hold something that's barrel heavy. You, you have this steady and mark and your hand feels better open right a little more open and spread out and yeah. that feels way more natural mm. boys what do you think I think it needs a name what do you think it's it's a little bit of all of us I recommend for our very bardic gentlemen an instrument of destruction mm, I love it Instrument of Destruction it is. That seems kind of like and a long I... name, though. <laughs> I think it's perfect, though. Let me just show you my instrument. Oh, what are you going to play me? Of <laughs> Destruction. Yep. Yep. 
so yeah, so you you guys spend that night together, and it's it's relaxing. Um, we needed it, and we earned it. Yep. The next few days pass relatively quickly. It almost feels like because you're you're helping patrol. I think you're, and correct me if I'm wrong. At any point, I'm just moving this along. But you're helping with these these civilians get to the ship and patrolling, and you are working with Charinga and some of the other patrol. Some of the other Oxman guards. To anytime any of these monsters or patrols of monsters, because they patrol in pairs, start making their way outside of the the no man's land and into the woods, you guys are working to uh, take them out. I think that's fair to say, unless you guys yeah. have other things. Absolutely. I, I think that um, I'm coordinating with uh, the ship. Uh, I think I spend most of my days not exactly frontline fighting, but more. Um, designating uh, targets for the ship, for the ar- arcane artillery. Um, so, like, going through, scouting from a distance, spotting clusters, designating with mage hand, and watching the, the, the arcane shells fall, as it were. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good, too. Um, uh, I want everybody to roll me 2d100s, please. 2d100s? 2d100s, yep. Shit. <laughs> you should have bought one of those Dark Silver Forge uh, dice trays because let me tell you, mine is amazing. No, it just it fell out of my hand before it went down because uh, I rolled a uh, damn idiot. One hundred. Okay. Sixty. Seventy-one. Seventy-two. Okay. Now do your math on your side, Alex. Uh, one hundred and thirty-two. Why? Perfect. I'm just, oh. just add it up, man. Oh, like, don't make me do the work. I read that one time. Yeah, yeah, add them together. Where Shane rolled like 30 dice and he's like, so somebody else is counting that, right? 171. Okay, uh, so your sum is the experience points you gain for doing patrols and uh, guiding people and holding off uh, monsters in your kind of like miscellaneous tasks. Excellent. So some extra XP for my boys. Yeah. Thank you, Dwayne. He's a generous dude. And the afternoon of day four you all i think you all are doing um a patrol on the way back and you're with um first mate zell and you're with uh abia um and you guys are walking back just normal chatting like nothing crazy just like kind of passing the time as you go back and is it fair to say that like avia has become a little bit warmer to us as time has gone on no uh, <laughs> I would very much like her to be warmer to me, and I would be more than happy to roll a persuasion check. So, I'm, I'm just gonna, I mean, you can roll a persuasion check, and we'll resolve that. Absolutely. Please. Please. I mean, you, you choose when you want to do a check. Um, uh, that is a 25. Okay, yeah, so, like, I mean, she respects that you're a magic user, um, and she doesn't, like, like, when you guys, like, so... Maybe clear about why I just gave you a hard no. Because she was very stares daggers. She respects who you guys are, but you can tell it's just not really in her person to like meld and mix with people. She definitely like she has a bond with Kristoff. Bond being uh, the only bond like she really knows. Like I paid her. No, no, it's not that. It's that the only time you've ever seen her come out of her shell is when you two are discussing 
arcane magic, the focuses, like magic itself, the arcane torrent. That's when you've seen her totally come out of her shell. She acts more like, more like a person. But when she's not talking about that, everything else is like business as usual. It's very much okay. Like, let me but, take yeah. that same mentality. So that so that same role, I'll apply that and I'll put it through the personification of me actually working in the arcane torrent in front of her and showing her kind of step by step, like just to make something simple, like um, like what a if small I show her the pistol that you fucking arcane torrented the shit out of? I think that's how it goes. I think that I bring the boys and I think that. I, uh, we show her the pistol and kind of show her like, hey, you have more experience with these things than we do. We've never worked with anything like this before and you do every day. So this, we've kind of made this small one. Please ensure that it doesn't blow up and kill my mm -hmm. friend. And let me show you how I made it. And I make like, a, like I show her the arcane torrent and, and I kind of step by step go, okay, this is what I'm doing and I'm pulling from the ether. And I make like a small copper um, ship made out of uh, copper wire. Okay. Uh, so she takes this and, and that is the most, and I think everybody's there for that, right? Because you're all proud of it. And yeah. I think... Uh, that is the most you guys have ever seen her come out of her shell. She's so excited and like through that conversation, you understand that what you know about the Arcane Torrent pales in comparison to what she does. Okay. But she also like, like, like openly admits in that one conversation that while she understands it and can focus it, she never learned to do what an architect can actually do. To shape it. She can tap into it. Like, in fact, I think, and maybe Rowan, you let her test it. Like, test the focus. You're muted. You're muted. Yeah, I don't. I don't see why not. Yeah. So, like, because you guys are like, yeah, yeah, and I think that's where the conversation starts because you've been like using this, and you see her use it, and it is like this huge arcane blast that sails over the horizon like you can see it trailing and you can just see like you can't you guys can't but Kristoff you can see you see the arcane torn around her and as she starts to uh like channel you can see the magic kind of like heading towards her and then there's just like this deep vacuum like of the arcane torrent around you come into her and then bolt out like the amount of arcane torrent she could just pull in and focus I feel something like you've never seen. It's almost, con and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like it's almost the opposite of what Findel does with his laser beams. So he kind of draws it in, maybe not drawing as much in, like as little as possible that he needs drawn to go into his laser focus of destruction. I feel like she just pulls just raw force in and just lets mm -hmm. it explode. Yeah, yeah. Hers, hers is like where Findel's is very uh, an efficient use of energy and magic, right? Hers is very much a raw dump of what she can pull, what she can pull from the arcane torrent. But like, you're just now learning to look for that, right? Like you've never right. really learned to look. And so just watching somebody vacuum in that much at once was the first time you've ever seen that much. And that's where you like understand that like she had, and then when you're explaining it, she's like, she understands it very quickly. Where like you, it took a little bit longer to like really get the finer points, especially being a sorcerer. Um, but yeah, I think that is no. That's I'm glad you guys like talked about it that way. I think she does warm up to you guys a little bit, and even when she's more business as usual, you you can kind of feel that it's softer. But she's definitely much like put off, like when like, she's in that business as usual. I feel like I'd probably pull her aside a little bit. Um, okay, yeah, please. You're you're very very talented. And you know this. 
Do you do that off of your big conversation or just another time? Off of the big conversation. Okay, yeah. So she's still kind of loose and, and she says, uh, um, she kind of laughs and this is the first time really you've seen a genuine laugh out of her out of the four days you guys have been around her and she says, I really am. You, you could take this, this talent could take you anywhere that you wanted to go. This, you could do, I mean, you would be renowned if you were to kill. I mean, I, I don't know what choices have brought you here, obviously, to work with these private, or these pirates, um, but there's no way anyone around you is going to appreciate what it is exactly that you can do. And she smiles and kind of blushes a little bit and says, I, I appreciate it, Crystal. But this is the life I want to lead. If I wanted to be back in Antirian, I would be there. But I prefer the sea. I prefer the freedom. I can respect that. Just know that whatever life that you want to carve for yourself, you have the tools to do so. And she smiles and she says, Thank you, it's... It's nice to have someone who understands the Arcane Torrent recognize that. Because while I, I may lead the mages on the ship, most of them only understand how to tap into it. They don't understand what it is. It, it could be yours for the shaping and the taking, if you ever decided that was the case, but... I want, uh, of course I'm not trying to sway you to this. I, I understand that you have your place and I respect that. And uh, I, I imagine, so we're clear, I imagine this on the coast. Like, right? Because you're testing yeah. out this magic. And, I, I, like... I, I absolutely see a scene in which she blasts arcane energy through the horizon. The water yep. moves around right. it. Perfect. Great. Alright, I just want to make sure we're clear. And she, um, when you say that, like, that, like, is home to her and um, she reaches into her pocket and she hands you uh, a small, like, blue coin. And she says, um, if you, if you ever want to talk after this is all over, just, uh, put the torrent in that. I take it very in two hands I take it and I uh, thank you very much I I will I will do that and I take it and I put it inside of my vest not coat <laughs> are, are Alice and I close enough to hear this exchange or have they like walked ahead no I us? think I th- no, I think they like. I think Kristoff like pulls her pulls aside. Her aside, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I mean I'm not saying that, I'm not saying you can't take a perception roll. Yeah, you can do whatever you want to try and hear it for sure. But you, I don't think he did that within earshot. On you purpose. would not openly hear it if you were trying to no, hear it. I, you absolutely. I would can. respect his privacy enough to not try to listen, but I would definitely be like, "Look at those two Atlas. That's what do you make of this? Kristoff uh, and Avia sitting in a tree." What are they doing in a tree? I don't know the, the next part. I just know that first part. That's adorable. S P E L L C A S T I N G. 
That's what the elves call it. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm glad we like took that detour. That actually is a little little rich enhancement of some of the NPCs in your relationships. Yeah. yeah so Ships. D and D two point oh. Nice boys. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, what happened last time? We were nice boys. Yeah. Now there's monsters everywhere. Anyways, um, you you're guys... right. Never mind. I murdered her. <laughs> I murdered her. <laughs> Goddamn heck. I murdered her. Yeah. Take your fucking money. <laughs> So, you guys travel from the beach back towards the cave, and it's at it's it's on this this journey from the coastal line uh, back towards the shanty town, which is now much like thinner, right? It's of able-bodied men, it's of soldiers, it's of people who can be useful to what you guys believe is the next coming battle, right? Like, that's... Yeah, so it's... On the ship, the ship is... It's kind of less like a yeah, shanty tent and more like a, a an encampment. Garrison. Yeah, yeah it's, it's an encampment, right? And you see... You see... Kristoff before anyone else. You see this... pile in the distance. And there... The... Her golden hair is braided back and like wrapped into a bun. And she is wearing this like half leather armor over some robes. And she's wearing glasses. And as she gets closer, you see Wendy starts. Mage, Mage Hand is already out, by the way. Mage Hand meets her 30 feet out, grabs her hand in the Mage Hand lifts above her head, spins, and by the time she's spun around, Kristoff is there, and I pick her up in a big hug. Wendy! Yeah, you run up, and uh, she says, uh, (laughs) Kristoff, it's good to see you too. So, I think I missed a few things. Mm Mm-hmm. And you see behind her, an army a battalion of troops you see a mix of orcs and humans and elves and dwarves and you see trolls and you see um and these these stick up more than anything else goliath a, a couple goliath and you see two or three Treekin, which we kind of talked Ooh. about um, several episodes ago. And it, all together, it's probably the mix of maybe two to three hundred bodies. And they're like, and you're not really sure of the count because the way they're like, they're marching, they're not marching side wide, obviously, they're because they're marching through the woods. Um, but you see the mix of the colors of the Arcanist Guild. You see people from the Anvil Guild and and you see them mostly and they're mostly in blacksmithing armor with like chainmail thrown over them and big heavy weapons. You see lots of people from the Guild of the Red Sun denoted Ooh. by their their, their cape Red or their capes everywhere. Yeah, yeah or their or, or whatever their um like ornament of choice is. And um you see 
opposite of them, right? In their red and white. And it's almost like they like purposefully <laughs> put the rest of everybody else in between the them. Guild it's the, the, the guild of no core. core. <laughs> and then you see um you also see people in like wild kind of garb, right? Leather and furs and like more basic um weaponry, more savage, and that's you know that to be the guild of the hunt. And um then you see they're almost like these if you were to look at this army and pick them out and go oh shit those are the fuckers you don't fuck with you see mismatched mismatched fuck my brain mismatched setups of people from head to toe plate mail to people in very standard leather or cloth armor but with wicked weapons and designs and these people just give you the air of the elite and you guys know by reputation only from what you heard is this is the tour one of the guilds you guys did not really interact with but definitely learned about and at the front of the tour, you see just this thick, heavy armor and this big red beard and this wild, like, red mane of, a, of hair pulled back. And you see a dwarf, like, leading them with a very familiar hammer. <laughs> And all of that is marching behind Wendy and a couple of the other arcanists and the scouting party. You can see them in the distance. Help has arrived, boys. I'm glad you're here, Wendy. I'm glad you guys made it. I'm glad you're still here. It was close. We weren't all so uh, lucky. And I'll look around as they're into the town as I guess it's still probably on fire in some places or smoking, smoldering. Yeah, I mean, there's still smoke building up, but I mean, like, the monsters aren't just, like, destroying the town. There's definitely, like, fires from where um, the arcane blasts have been hitting. Mm. Yeah, and so she says... Do you already have a plan? Who's leading tactics on this side? Um, it would be important for you to speak to the magister. Is um is Ambassador Shear here? Uh, no. We thought it best that she lag behind a day with a guard, but we weren't sure what we were going to be coming into and thought it best to keep non-combatants off the front line. That is fair and just. Um, the Marfis have been aiding us in um, in keeping as much as we can. We've, we've taken as many refugees as possible to their ships um, which are just off the off the, uh, the coast of Oxbane. Um, in addition, uh, we have been bombarding using their uh, arcane artillery uh, to keep the beasts at bay from our encampment. Um, led by the, the Magister, who survives, luckily. Um, our number one objective is to get, and I pull from from inside of my vest, 
this key to a gate that lies within the the depths of the castle to a door to to lock these these beasts out. And you, as you tell her about the pirates and the Murphys, immediately her brows are like arching in a very skeptical manner, and she says, even as you're like as you're almost talking, pirates, Kristoff. They have and been you invaluable. see first mate, uh, Zell, and... I resemble that fucking remark. Of a, a uh, um, kind of head in their direction. And she sees them approach and she says, I, I mean no judgment. It, I just don't know what pirates are doing this close to the coast, considering the arrangement, but that's for another time, I suppose. Any port in a storm. Uh, yes, I said. And then you, like, you can see Ava, uh, Avia not loving that, right? Like, being called out for just just being a pirate, not, um, not cool for uh, Avia. And, Their intentions uh, have been entirely noble. They have taken our sick. They have taken our women, our children, our infirmed. If anything, they deserve a reward, not recomp- not uh, reprimand. And Wendy kind of shrugs and says, Honestly? Not my circus. Understood. And she looks at the key and says, So, we gotta get that in a door, huh? Where's the door? Through the besieged town, into the castle, into the depths, through a door... Large cavernous area, stone bridge, big bad door. We've seen it directly. There are some things that we will discuss at a later date involving that, um, but as of now, that is our primary objective. I'm guessing you've tried to shut the door? With mixed results. So, town's in pretty bad shape then, right? Like, mm-hmm. lots of, lots of bad guys? At this point, there being any survivors in the town is, is slim to numb the odds. Um, they are mostly uh, these, these beasts. They are very large, they are very strong, but with coordinated efforts, they can be defeated. Okay. All right, well... I've seen them bleed. Awesome. So let's let's get everything going. I get. Uh, let me get Frost, and let me get Ike. And who is Frost, and who is Ike? And she kind of like puts her face in her hand. I feel like you learned nothing as I was teaching you. You never told me about Frost. I Ike. would have told you about the leader of the Arctic Well, Ice then Guild. you could have told me, Dwayne. <laughs> Fine. I know, as Scott Shane saw, that he's the leader because of the episodes that I've listened to and the, and the stuff that was off podcast, but I don't know as Christoph Shane. I don't think you would have, like, like honestly, like, like, out of character, she would have referred to him as Frost in, like, an irreverent way, and you probably would have just, like, ignored that as a person, like, and especially in your training. I can't, she would not have, like, expounded upon that, but with who Wendy is, she would have expected you to know, right? Like, she expects you to know everything about, like, the Architects Guild, 
even though that's unrealistic, like, and Fair you would have known that in her relationship with you, right? Like, she just has higher expectations for you than you do. Fair enough. And, uh, you almost, like, Avia, like, giggles at that. Like, pretty, like, uncharacteristic. Unchary- Uncharacteristically. I'm so done with today. <laughs> yes, thank you. Of her. Um, but you can tell, like, that, like, definitely worked for her. And um, she says, Frost is the guild leader, and Ike is the guild leader of the tour. And they together are leading this campaign. You know he has the hammer of Derridan, right? And she turns around and says, Uh, that's not Ike. But, yes, he definitely has an artifact. It was, it was... There's some discussion around that. And, frankly, um, the Arcanists are not happy about it. I can imagine. But, um, maybe a conversation for another time. Fair enough. Um, there's, there's not a lot of love for between the guilds right now, and that's part of why it took us a little bit longer to mobilize. But, let me get Ike and Frost. And, we shall uh, wait here. Uh, so she runs off and, and she gets the two and they and they come back and um she has to like signal them down uh frost not so much she just uses a spell um and so frost he approaches and frost is like a human right um but you're not sure because he has like 20 ears but he could be a half elf but like if it wasn't for the pointy ears you would think he was human uh and he's got you know, glacier blue hair. He's got thick blue robes. Um, courtly, courtly bow, hand scrapes ground. Um, he nods to you. Um, and he's got like his eyes are the color of the arcane torrent. Um, and Ike, Ike approaches, and. Ike is a Goliath. And he like when you look at him and look at what like you can see from the tour, like they're all like swords and maces and big weapons or like deadly looking weapons, and he's just in like some basic metal armor around his body. And the only thing that you can really make out around him that like is weapon-esque is there are, like, these thick bracelet things around his wrists. Everything else seems to be pretty normal about him. And Wendy says, Ike, and refers to the Goliath, and Frost, of course. So it's it's stately hand-scraping the fucking floor bow for Frost and quarter bow for uh, Ike. And, um, boys, do you guys do anything different? Uh, or are you guys I beat my chest to Ike, um, knowing the Goliaths are more about strength and power, so the bow means nothing to them. Yeah. I- I'll give him a tip of the hat. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so you guys all do your own kind of greeting. Um, Avia and, um, 
the first mate don't really acknowledge the fact that they're anything other than people walking up. Um, and know that Ike, because you're what, seven foot tall, right, Atlas? Six, six. Isn't that where you're? Yeah, six, six. Ike stands a foot taller than you. He's about eight oh, feet, God. and he is massive. Yeah. And he kind of sees you pound your chest, and he looks down, and he just smiles. You like, almost like that, like, it's just a grin, like a, oh, yeah. But, like, it's in the way the warrior would. Like, it, there's respect yeah. there, but it's like, you can tell it's like, you've got a ways to go kind of grin. Like, oh, that's yeah, cute. Yeah. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, Ike looks down at you, Kristoff, and says, Where's the commander? Ah, right this way. And I lead him to the cave. And um, he signals for a couple people to accompany them. And so Wendy comes and uh, two other uh, soldiers or soldiers, guild members of the tour come. And they're like decked out in some crazy armor. And so you guys go to the cave and you go to talk to the magister. The magister. All right. So you, uh, everybody roll me perception checks as we go through the cave. Uh, 10, 14, a 17 at least. So, all right. So, Christoph, you don't know anything. You just see you're walking through the cave. Uh, Atlas, one thing that you see is the soldiers, the Oxbane soldiers, when they see Ike come in, there's this like, you have seen them around their commander and they get stiff and they get ready. Ike walks through. It is like you pulled these boys fresh out of boot camp, right? They snap to attention. They pull up their like cleanest like presentation of like formation that it should be. There's this, every one of their guards and soldiers understands who he is in mm-hmm. Orenthal. And Rowan, what you notice is when you're walking through, Frost and Findle, like, make this eye connection. Like, you can tell, like, you kind of see something happen there. But neither of them, like, really pay attention. Like, it's not like they look and wave, like, but you can tell they both like really are paying attention to each other as you walk through to the Magister. And when you guys walk up, Frost takes the lead and he says, So, what did you do now, Magister? And he is instantly on the defense. What, what did I do? I didn't I didn't do anything. Next thing I know, there's monsters all over my and Frost like kinda like pulls his hand to the side in like, like a cutting motion and he says So nothing Understood. I speak up in defense of the Magister against all odds. <laughs> uh, no more table flipping today. He's, he's he's done what he can. And Frost looks at you and says, What did you say your name was? Stare, countenance of a noble, 
Christoph Schindler. And he looks at you and says, It's brave to speak up, but still not the time. And he turns back to the Magister without giving you an opportunity to respond and says, This is your town. We are not here to take it. But we understand if we don't solve this problem, it's going to get worse. And it's going to get worse for Yori. So, going forward, we will be taking over operational capacity. And we're going to smash these monsters back into whatever hellhole they came from. Is there something we should know, Magister? And he like looks at Frost and you can see he knows who Frost is. He knows his reputation. Like there is some blood there. And Frost says, or not Frost, um, the Magister says, and you can see that this gnome like standing as proud as he can. And he says, no. And Frost says, Frost returns a glance, and he's almost more relaxed at that point. Excellent. So at this point, Commander, and he looks over at the the half-orc, and says, If you'll assemble your troops, we'll be marching on the city tonight. It's important that you talk to Justicar's And he turns... And Taringa. He turns to you and says, Crystal, I say this with respect. Please, mind your face. You have done great things here. I will, of course, speak to the Justicar. His reputation speaks volumes of the importance he has on this town and I would say and he looks over at the magister and says if not for Justicar this town would not be under the magister's rule at all so I appreciate it but maybe let us do our thing and you hear Ike like bellow this belly laugh and slap Frost who's on like staggers he goes Come on, Frost. Be nice to the kid. They kept the place safe. I want to talk to Astley. Uh He says with all due respect with his words, but his tone definitely says, fuck you. I, I kind of stick a hand out uh, over Rowan, um, and I bow my head, and my hand comes down to my vest pocket where the key is, so I know that I've got that. I'm cool with that. And I go, of, of course, we have leader. And so they walk over to the Justicar and you see Frost, Ike, and the Justicar talk. And then you see Turinga be like called over. And then you see Turinga point at you. And Frost looks at you, doesn't really say anything. It's just not like a bad look. He just like looks in the direction and, you know, Justicar's like starting to feel better, but you can tell he's not like battle ready at this point. I don't see any of this because I am still staring intently at the floor. Perfect. Then you boys, if you're watching, you do. And um, 
So you you see this and Frost walks back over and he kind of pulls you aside without like making any notice of it. Like he kind of puts his hand on your arm and kind of pulls you aside and says, you've obviously done more than what I could have thought. So I genuinely do not mean disrespect. But Turinga says you have a key that we need to lock this door. That's yes, true. Uh, good guild leader Frost, I, and I intend fully to place it into the door with my own hand. Well, you know it's going to be dangerous, right? I am well aware. We've been down there before. This isn't our first rodeo. And he and he looks back at you guys and says, If you want to go back into the belly of the beast, I won't stop you. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Once we're down there, you follow orders? Yes? He looks yes. at you three? Yes. I will definitely tell you that I will follow your orders. And he, like, he looks at you and he says, You're not holding the key. I'm not really worried about your safety if you're going to act like a child. I'm well taken care of. And he looks at your loot and smiles and says, I'm sure you are. And he said he looks at you boys and says, Okay. Well, I will get everyone together and we'll march soon. And he turns and walks, and him and Ike walk out of the cave with uh, Jessicar Spawn. Um, and again, Rowan, you're looking for this. You see Findel and him and Frost like eye each other. Hands on both the boys, bring into a huddle. Thank you. Of course. I for what? I genuinely for your discretion. We were going back. And when we do, we will ensure the good people of Oxbane are well taken care of. We need their aid. Don't don't get me wrong. We need their aid, absolutely. But as long as I have this key, we ensure it is our duty, not theirs, our responsibility to ensure that this mess is cleaned up. It will be. You got it, boss. (laughs) (laughs) And so that is where we will end the episode of you boys huddled around each other in the middle of this encampment discussing your pledge to Oxbane and pledge to shut the doors um that was a good one yeah <laughs> yes and I agree and I'll say this in the outro despite it being super late I like really want to do another one it won't be an hour long but I like really want to do another one because there's like content that like I want to like get recorded real I bad lots of whiskey let's do it 
Let's save you, my boys. I've got I that much really... time. All right. I don't know what that is in measure of an alcohol, but that's okay. So quick outros, and we'll we'll do for speed it for speed's sake. I I'm going to let you guys go and do your thing. I don't have anything do to say. Do you roll, Chainsaw? Love you guys. Yeah. Do the humanity roll while we talk about how much we absolutely love every single person listening to this, and how you make our lives complete. Hmm. Kyle Pender, here you go. That is with advantage. That is fifteen. Fifteen dollars to our like once again, help one of our own. Help he's another DM, he's another player, he's part of this community, part of the beating heart of this community. You'll see the link if you can give. Absolutely. Please do. Fifteen dollars. Thank you, everyone. And of course, of course, review at review, like, share, and join Discord. Most importantly, join Discord. We, we absolutely love talking to our, our fans in Discord. But we're going to cut this one real super, super, super short because we want to uh, record another episode. And the night is burning. So, bye. 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 We love you. See what happens next time on Dungeons and Dragons. We are storytellers. We are creators. We are gamers. We are dreamers. We are players. We are players. We are players. We are DMs. We We are are nerds. nerds,